listeners, we've been doing a series, somewhat of a series anyway, on hydration with some previous guests. We've got a part three of sorts and we're rolling it into an Ask Us Anything episode on hydration and electrolytes. Awesome questions have come in related to hydration as we age. Do we need to adjust anything if we are an older athlete? How do you get a handle on the fluids you need to drink per hour of exercise? And how do you determine what electrolyte product to use when you're training? All of this and more in this episode number 84 of the Inside Sports Nutrition Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Dina Griffin. I'm the co-host of the show, along with my awesome co-host, Bob Sibahar. We are both registered dietitians and board-certified specialists in sports dietetics with combined professional experience exceeding 40 years. We're here to help provide you translations of nutrition and sports science to real life, give you interviews with a variety of experts where you enhance your knowledge, and bring a great nutrition conversation to you each week. And of course, in this week's episode, we're answering questions from you awesome listeners. So thank you so much for all of the questions coming in to the inbox. Hello at InsideSportsNutrition.com. And real quick, before we get to the show, this one's brought to you by All Around Snack Co., founded by Bob, my colleague and co-host and fellow sports dietitian, AllAroundSnackCo.com. Head over there to check out the awesome, yummy, tasty snacks. They're all low in added sugars, contain zero dyes, there's no colorings, no additives, But these snacks and goodies do help control blood sugar, give you steady energy level for your day, no matter what your day brings. And these snacks are awesome for kids, for families, athletes, really everyone. So check out the snack mix, the energy bites, the new energy butter the protein puffs, lots of goodies over there. And if you want to save a few dollars, use the code ISNPODCAST23. That's ISNPODCAST23. That'll get you 15% off your order over on the allaroundsnackco.com website. All right, let's get to the episode. Here we go. Episode number 84 of the Inside Sports Nutrition Podcast. Uh, Hey, Bob, I just came back from a weekend of some long training up in the mountains here in Colorado. I'm feeling still a little thirsty. And so it happens to tie with what uh, you and I had planned for an episode today, compiling some of the questions we've gotten received from our awesome listeners related to hydration and fluids and electrolytes. So it's, it's kind of fun. I guess, from a personal perspective to kind of be in the shoes, right, of of some of our awesome athletes and listeners out there having questions about hydration. And so with the theme today in our Ask Us Anything being around the topic of hydration electrolytes, we've got some focused questions here that we wanted to answer. And I'm always excited about this topic. What about you? I am for sure. This whole hydration electrolyte, especially in the summertime, at least in the you know hemisphere that we're in, yeah, so important. And 
and I mean, you know, I share, I, while I didn't go have a training weekend, I've been trying to get myself prepared for an adventure both you and I are going on and we'll be, we'll be on when, uh, um, when this airs, but, uh, you know, we're preparing to go to Death Valley to crew one of our wonderful friends at uh, Badwater 135. And like, literally I've been trying to sit outside and run and bike, like in the heat of the day. So yes. what I've been noticing is I am so thirsty lately and, and I'm breaking out the electrolyte powders again. And it's like, wow, it's not only summer is here, but if you do spend some longer days out training, even if it's not that hot, like it doesn't have to be, here's the thing. It doesn't have to be like 90 degrees, even 80 degrees, right? Like you just have to have a little bit higher sweat rate or sweat sodium concentration. And, you know, I think every endurance athlete alone should, should perk up their ears, but every athlete, even indoor athletes need to listen to this because the questions that we had are, are amazing. And, and like you said, we just kind of grouped them in here, but why is hydration and, and consuming electrolytes so important, Dee? Oh my gosh, Bob. I mean, do you have three more hours to answer that question? <laughs> I, I feel I mean, one of the things that I think is underappreciated or just not realized by so many is the power of hydration on cognitive wow. function, so much. Um, let alone like digestibility of the other things that we're taking in, or if we're messing it up and trying to jam so much into a bottle of fluid, mm. like calories, caffeine, other, you know, I joke about duck feathers, but like all kinds of jazz <laughs> in the bottle. <laughs> If, if we are not hydrating properly, then we can uh, incur some GI distress. So, I mean, those are huge. just some two basic things, but they're huge. Yeah. Right? Well, remember back in the days. Check oh, that wow. Box, that was good. That, that was quick, good. That was like within the first couple minutes. Yeah. Yep. Like back in the days, we literally only taught about hydration and electrolytes as, oh, it's just going to improve performance. And if you lose this percent of body mass from fluid, your performance, performance is going to decrease. But like you yeah. said, like now we're talking cognitive functioning, digestibility, GI distress. And I, you know, I had this conversation with this athlete the other day and, you know, he was like, well, I don't, he, he was a, he's a trail runner. He's like, well, I don't, I don't drink anything. If I, like, if I go on the trail for under two, two and a half hour, I don't drink anything. I'm like, you know what? I used to be that athlete also, mm -hmm. and I have changed my ways, which kind of leads us into kind of the first question of our top three that we've chosen for this, right? Because he, I, us, we are all aging, right? We know that, but yes. at a certain age, and I don't even know if I can determine or provide that age, you know, is it 40? Is it 38? Is it 43? I don't know. I always say like over 35, the aging yeah. athlete is over 35, right? But at a certain age, we actually need to focus more on hydration. And, and, you know, the question basically from one of our listeners was, you know, do I need to change my hydration strategy? Do I need to drink more fluids if I am an older athlete? And again, right. define older with whatever you want to put it in there. But, you know, the, the easy answer to that question is yes. And we're going to obviously explain why here in a second, but I guess just a plea to our listeners, if like, let's just call it 35. If you're over 35, you really need to lend us your ear here because physiological changes happen quickly. And especially with, with hydration and electrolytes as we're aging. And now, okay. Personally, I have noticed it. Dina, have you noticed yeah. like hydration changes as, as you've gone through the aging journey? Definitely. And it kind of sneaks up on you to like, for me, again, I was that person. I'm like, I'm going to go out for a two hour run or ride, you know, no water. Maybe I'll chew a piece of gum. I'll be good. 
And, you know, I would come back and I knew I was dehydrated, but I'm like, yeah, no big deal. I can't really pull that off anymore. Like I can, but I stayed dehydrated longer and it affects my cognitive functioning. It affects the rest of my day. I'm kind of grouchy sometimes, right? So I just <laughs> noticed some really negative consequences to that. I feel, yeah, Bob, it seemed, I can relate to this. I mean, we could put in the female card here a little bit too with mm-hmm. some differences maybe between us, but I feel reflecting on like just my recreational running journey over the last, oh, you know, 20 some years is just like, yeah, I could do a couple hour run in 80 degrees and like suffer through, but it was fine. It was totally fine. So I thought, uh, but trying to do that now and, and having tried a little bit of that, like just not wanting to bother with carrying fluids because I'm lazy or blah, blah. It's Mm -hmm. like, oh, geez. Um, the recovery turnaround is affected. I mean, we could, we could certainly say there are a number of factors here, but feeling that impact so much more now as a quote unquote older athlete, um, definitely when you put in the hydration strategy and think about it, be more proactive, the difference can be massive, even if it's the same route, same distance, same conditions. For sure. For sure. And so the easy answer to that question is yes, you need to pay attention to your fluids more so as you age. And let's just drop some physiology in here. Right? Yeah. Reason number one, we have a decreased sensation of thirst. That is a biological thing that happens to us as we age. So we're, we are not sensing that we are as thirsty as we were, as we were in our teens and twenties and maybe early thirties. We just don't like it. Just our sensation of thirst decreases so much. Mm -hmm. So it's not reminding us. So now we're out there. We're not reminded to drink. Now, of course, if you're setting your watch for intervals or timing and beep beeps alarms, I get that, but we're not used to that anymore. Even if you came from that, you know, sensing or having a higher sense or setting the alarms, that is reduced. So that is a huge, huge thing that we need to remember once we get older is we just lack that sensation. I think Bob, some people too, just assume like, well, I'm older. I don't work as hard. I probably don't sweat as much. So what's the big deal? I'm just matching my fluid losses Mm -hmm. or sweat losses. I don't need to drink as much. Um, which might be partly true that our sweat rate changes, right. As we age Mm -hmm. and due to intensity or whatever, but yeah, this thirst sensation that is legitimate. And then when you throw in our athletic selves doing what we're doing in, in the weather conditions, like right now in the Northern hemisphere, being exposed to warmer conditions or maybe warm and humid uh, or maybe thrown in altitude or other yeah. extreme conditions like that. Um, it just definitely it's where being mindful of your needs needs to mm-hmm. come into the picture instead of like just listening for thirst to happen. Absolutely. I mean, I've I've gone to the point D where I've you know I carry my water and depending on how I carry it, if it's in a pack or hand bottle, like I will literally be looking at my watch and every fifteen to twenty minutes now, I will stop. I will take water or electrolytes or whatever I'm drinking, in yeah. in throughout my entire run. And you know, here's the thing: like when I started doing that, this is end of one, but and this sounds weird, but I feel better. Yeah, I literally feel better during, but. But the big thing is after, like when I get home, like I'm not Mm -hmm. cranky, I'm like, wow, you know, I'm a little tired, I'm a little sweaty, but I feel much so much better. Right. Yeah. So physiological or biological reason number two is as we age, our kidney function 
changes, let's yes. call it, right? So that declines with it. It declines with everyone, right? So our mm-hmm. ability to concentrate urine is affected, which obviously affects our body's ability to regulate fluids that we're consuming. So if you're starting to put this puzzle together, our sensation of thirst is lower. Our kidney functioning is is altered. We are setting ourselves up for a dehydration nightmare, aren't we? Yeah, we're basically peeing out more body water, right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, for those like, oh, yeah, I I do notice I pee more frequently Mm -hmm. than when I was 22, I mean, that again, number of reasons, but this kidney function aspect, uh, just that decline in function. I mean, I don't know how to train my kidneys. Do you, Bob? Like I can't go to the gym and do a kidney. I haven't tried. (laughs) I haven't seen the kidney, the kidney curls yet, but I haven't either. So yeah, I don't, I don't (laughs) think we have much of an option to uh, affect that. Whereas being mindful, like, okay, do you need a hydration plan? Or at least yes. be mindful and pay attention to what's in the bottle and, and frequency of drinking. That's something we can more control. Exactly. Here's number three, one of my favorite ones to talk about, because as we yes. age, and I'm I'm big on this, you're big on this, sarcopenia, right? Yes. The loss, the age-related loss of muscle mass. Why, mm-hmm. why am I talking about that with hydration? Because as we lose muscle mass, we're actually losing body water because that's where we store a lot of our water. So as we get older, and this is not, I mean, I'm not going to point any fingers or make any excuses. Oh, I get older. I get more body fat. Listen, we're not having that chat now, right? All I'm saying is if you increase your body fat and decrease your muscle mass as you age, you're going to store less water, which again, presents a more uh, conducive environment for being dehydrated. Yeah. All that to say, let's keep keep some muscle going or yeah, eating your protein and keep lifting weights, Mm -hmm. right. Or move something heavy. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, So we've got three things. Yep. Yeah. Do we have any more? I was just thinking of the heat illness of something, Mm. heat stress, heat illness, uh, something that Andy Blow talked about or talked to briefly when we had that conversation with him in a recent episode, just the older athlete being more prone to heat stress, oh, right, heat, right, heat related illness. So, um, I mean, again, there's some factors there besides just paying attention to your fluid intake, but we can yeah. be more prone to that kind of stress and then have some negative consequences as a result. Yeah. And, you know, maybe think of, you know, listeners, if you've been doing what you've been doing for a while, like Dina and I've been doing this for many, many decades. And like, I think of myself, like I was very intolerant to heat when I was young, as I've gotten older, I'm even more intolerant to heat, right? So it's, it's even worse as I've gotten older personally. So I really need to pay attention to that. Like, if you tell me, you know, Hey, Bob, are you going to sign up for the bad water 135? I'm like, no, I'm not going to run that thing. It's too, like my body will, will not do good in that condition. Right. (laughs) Put me at Leadville any day. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. So those are some really good topics or uh, points that you made, Bob, related to the physiology and just that change that we experience. And then maybe as like an older female athlete, we have some other changes that occur as a result of hormonal shifts through perimenopause into our postmenopause years, affecting blood vessel dilation, 
um, which can affect the way in which we cool ourselves, the the, um, stress on the cardiovascular system and so forth. Uh, When you combine that with what you mentioned with the sensation of thirst and that change or decrease, I mean, those couple things, again, add up to some major potential consequences of not honoring a hydration plan or drinking more intently. Or even not uh, having a hydration plan. Exactly. Right? That's yeah. where it starts, of course. Yeah. 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 And I guess my last point is if you're taking, you know, because as we age, you know, things happen biologically. And, you know, if, if, you're on any medications, right? Some medications actually have diuretic effects. So those are things to, you know, talk with your doctor, your physician with to see if any medications that you're taking are affecting your hydration balance or your hydration status. So that's probably the last thing in terms of this whole, should I drink more fluid as I'm aging question? Yeah. Perfect. Really good point. We forget about those uh, medications because some of us aren't taking any, but totally. a lot of us are. So important yes. to understand the uh, side effects or effects on fluid balance. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So that was number one. Now the second one, we're kind of rolling into this, this conglomerate of questions is really just kind of the basic, you know, how much should I drink? while I'm exercising or while I'm training, you know, so I guess we could just say how much fluid, right. Cause this was kind mm-hmm. of the point of the question was how much fluid should I drink? And cause that's all over the board. So I feel like we've set this up, but now we're going to expand the age category to all athletes, which is going to be nearly impossible for us to answer this question, of course. Right. Cause we like to be specific, but where do you start? Like, Dina, if, if, if an athlete comes to you and it, it's like, let's not even say gender or age. Someone comes to you and says, Hey, how much should I like, how much should I drink per hour? Where do you start? Where should we start with this one? Ooh, this is during exercise, right? During exercise or training. Yeah. yeah we're, let's not talk about competition because let's assume that they're, you know, getting ready for something or yeah, just getting in shape right. or something. I yeah. think it's good to understand, well, what are the, what are the workouts and exercise that you're doing? What's that programming? Right. Like what's the intensity? What's the sport mode or kinds of sport that you're doing training? Uh, I mean, even just the question that I think people look at me with, like, I have three eyeballs, like, well, what do you even know what you're drinking right now during your Mm -hmm. exercise? Because I feel like some people are not in touch with that whatsoever. Um, Like, I don't know, there's a bottle or else, yeah, that like, I'm not really drinking much to begin with, Um, but really understanding, yeah, that person's context. Uh, Mm -hmm. so, and the environment in which we are doing our intentional exercise, right. Cause that brings in the weather conditions and then getting into that sweat rate discussion. How sweaty are you, Bob? Yeah, I'm pretty sweaty D not now, but when I get out, (laughs) get outside, when I do anything exercise wise, I mean, it's, it's pouring. Yes. I'm going to get to see as people are listening right now, we'll be in Death Valley. So I'm going to, we can observe our uh, perspective, respective uh, sweat rates. That's right. We'll be at mile. I don't even know what mile we'll be at crewing, crewing Linda, but we'll, we'll be out there in the heat, uh, you know, experiencing this for sure. But no, those are, those are some good things to, to kind of start out with for sure. Right. I, I also look at, you know, I, 
Yeah, there is a bunch, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like, well, where do we start? And I love the fact that you kind of chose the mode also, because, you know, I always like to just share stories and put in perspective. Mm-hmm. But like when I was growing up in the sport, you know, I played soccer and I played basketball. And what I noticed back then, and even when I'm working with my younger athletes these days is sometimes if you're someone that is listening to our podcast, if you're an athlete, a team sport athlete, or if you're a parent of a team sport athlete or a coach of a team sport athlete, a lot of times your fluid breaks are dictated by the coach or by the practice, right? So I just think I remember like soccer or two a days, I don't even, I think maybe we had one water break in like a three hour practice. And again, wow. this was a while ago, right? But it was, yeah. you know, it's up to the coach. It's in kind of what mood they're in. And obviously those ta- those have changed. Those, you know, kind of um, tactics have changed these days. But what I'm saying is sometimes we're not like a runner or a cyclist who have availability of fluid at our hand or at our fingertips, right? Yes. So I do think you need to qualify what sport, what mode, and are you in charge of your fluid breaks or is someone else in charge of your fluid breaks? Because I remember with myself, like I, looking back on it, I was so dehydrated during soccer. It wasn't even funny because I sweat a lot, but other athletes didn't, right? So I needed yeah. more fluids and that might be you listener. So again, kind of kind of decide where you're coming from, what sports you do or what exercise you do. And then it's it's kind of a matter, like what I do next is is I make them... I kind of switch, I kind of turn the table a little bit. I'm like, okay, so you want me to answer how much fluid you should drink during exercise or during training, but we first kind of need to also loop in the questions. What are you eating and drinking before exercise, right? And what time is exercise? Are you going, oh, dark 30 in the morning or later in the day? Because a lot of people don't realize what you're doing before exercise with your daily hydration, daily nutrition is going to affect how much to drink during. Like if I'm prehydrating and maybe do a sodium loading protocol before exercise, again, a lot of it depends out there, but I I might have lower fluid needs during that exercise session. Whereas, you know, vice versa, but also this is just fresh in my head because I gave a presentation to um, a group of uh, younger hockey players the other day. And one of their questions was how much water should we drink each day? And I love answering that question because this is what I say with these three very powerful words. I don't know. I had a feeling that was the answer. Yeah. Yeah. And they look at me like, well, shouldn't you know, like, duh, isn't that an easy question to answer? No, it's not. Right. Because, you know, I feel a lot, I'm going on a tangent really quick, but I, I will loop us back. I feel a lot of times, and I've still heard this, like the, the chat these days is like, oh, you should take your body weight in pounds divided by two. That's how many ounces you should drink per day. Okay. I mean, if you want to do that, great. What that doesn't factor in is the other fluids you drink, the fruits and vegetables that you eat. And again, it's summertime here in the Northern hemisphere. So hopefully you're eating a lot more fruits and veggies, which means you're, you're consuming more water containing foods, which means you're improving your hydration status before exercise. So that's the whole, that's just kind of adding to your list of questions, D. I mean, yeah, that's kind of a rabbit hole, right, Bob? Just some of those like older mantras. I mean, I think they can serve like a rough range and just like prompt us to learn more. Well, okay, half my body weight in ounces I'm supposed to drink. I don't even know where I'm at. I'll start there yeah. and just kind of get a handle. But yeah. yeah, some of those guidelines that are like formula based or um, just like eight ounce, eight ounce 
eight ounce glasses of, of yeah, water. Yeah. Like what? No. I mean, yeah. is that too much for some people potentially, or is it even the best hydration strategy? So yeah, those are, I think, great opportunities for the learning piece uh, yeah. for, for everyone is, is like Absolutely. these kinds of questions that come up or dispelling some myths. Totally. And then even during, okay, let's get back to during. Yeah. Now. Okay. okay. We're back to during. <laughs> You know, there are some recommendations that that we still kind of rant off um, or rattle off, uh, you know, based on the research. I, I don't think those are really that accurate because, again, everyone is N of one, right? I mean, mm -hmm. I've experimented with the ranges and I'm like, no, sometimes I need more than that. But here's yeah. the thing also, like, let's just put it in perspective. If I go for a run versus a bike ride, I'm going to drink a lot more while I'm cycling versus running. And that is because it is really, as we know, it's really tough to consume anything when we run, right? Yeah. It's a lot easier when we bike. So I think we have to put in perspective, just like you said, what sport or what activity are you doing? Are you doing a hit class? Are you doing CrossFit where it's like AMRAP that day? And you're like, oh my God, I'm going to throw up anything. Well, obviously maybe we're not going to tell you to drink a lot then during a class like that or a session like that. But if I'm going to go on a two hour mountain bike ride, I'm going to strap on my camelback. I'm going to do put two or three liters of whatever in there. And I'm going to drink to a very comfortable state. But if I'm running, well, let's say if you're running Dina, cause you're doing this right now, if you're running mm -hmm. for two hours, you may not strap three liters of water on your back. I mean, who knows? Maybe you do. Right. Right. But yeah. Ability to drink, carry the fluids, uh, Sometimes it's harder to drink when your heart rate's so high or mm. you're like, if you're um, depending too on like the delivery of the water, if you've got a hydration bladder in a pack versus handhelds or other flasks, but you've got trekking poles in your hand, are you stopping to drink or can you like, are you trained enough? Meaning just like, Ooh, I can grab the hose, use the poles, you know, just navigating all the yep. things that you're trying to do. But yeah, exactly. that fluid intake range. Plus if you're not even seeing what the fluid, like you can't see the bladder, if it's in your yeah, back, it's kind of uh, like, Oh yeah, part. I guess I'm just taking two gulps every mile yep. or it's going by yep. thirst. So in, at the end, I think this is where we can learn like do your thing and then assess post exercise what happened, right? Just like yeah. with, with nutrition, um, you gotta start somewhere so right. you can, you can have that plan, but then doing the post hoc, whatever analysis yeah. and see like, how'd you feel? Did you pee, mm -hmm. uh, whatever, looking at metrics and, yeah. and just doing your own assessment to get your ballpark if you're not doing specific sweat rate testing to kind of align more accurately your fluid replacement or fluid intake strategy. Yeah. I, I kind of think we have two ways to approach this, right? One is the very, I'm not going to even say accurate. One is the more quantitative, right? So yes, you do sweat rate testing, right? Mm -hmm. You use the scale, you weigh yourself nude before you go out, you mm -hmm. go out. If you drink anything, you write it down, you measure it come back, weigh yourself naked again, right? That is very quantitative. That's a great way to start learning about these things. If you want to take it to that level, I find a lot of athletes, it, it, they're just like, well, that's a lot. That's way too much right now. And, and maybe yeah. at some point you get there, which would be great. I think we all eventually will do that because we want to learn more about our body. But here's the other one that's non-quantitative or not as quantitative, let's say, right? You, you just brought this up, Dean. I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, because, you know, like I've been, I was cycling a lot. So I've been wearing a camelback 
And that's the yeah. thing. Like I carry three liters on my back. I'm like, I can't see, I'm not going to stop every single time and pull the bladder out and try to check <laughs> how much I'm drinking. Right? right. So what I did, and of course you're going to laugh or probably not. Cause you know me, but I actually, I was so frustrated one day I came home. I'm like, I took a measuring cup and I filled it with, you know, X amount of, of fluid ounces of water. And I, I put it in my mouth. Right. Because yeah. I wanted to oh. know if I fill my mouth, how yes. many ounces of fluid is it? Then I can I keep can track. See. Right. <laughs> you can see me doing that. I did that. And the funny and? part is I, I marched over to my, or like right after I did it, I'm like, oh, I have to have my wife do it. So I walk over to my wife and I hold a measuring cup. She's like, what? I'm like, can you, can you drink that? Don't drink it. Just put this in your mouth. She's like, what are you doing now? Right. And she's yes. used to me doing this stuff. She's laughing at me. But anyway, my point is for me, I can fit four ounces if I fill my mouth with my cheeks extended. Okay. So now I know when I'm out there, if I fill my <laughs> mouth with my cheeks extended of fluid, I know that's four ounces, right? <laughs> so now I can kind of keep track of it. So listeners- okay. You know, you're laughing, but you're it's like, you like, know what? There's a, there's a lot of truth to what he's saying. What right is now. that? Like two and a half tequila shots or something? I don't know. I'm just thinking of well, the people who are doing the shots, you know, like it, it's been a, a while since way I've done that. Context. Same. What, are yeah, you doing? what are you doing these days, D? Four shots. Are, are you hitting shots? Wow. Okay. No, not those kind of shots. <laughs> okay. Uh, Anyway, yeah, uh, maybe like the shot glass are an ounce, right? I think they're an ounce. I don't know. Are I don't they? know. Maybe an ounce. I don't pay we attention have, to that. Not yeah. quite sure. But tell listeners that we are not consumers of alcoholic beverages, probably at all, if if ever, right? Not for those <laughs> kinds of settings. Yeah. Like how <laughs> yeah. many ounces, how many shots yeah. can I fit? And yeah. then with cheeks extended, what happens? Exactly. So, yeah. But but anyway, that kind of falls. The reason I say <laughs> that is I'm building up to like, I have a range, but it's a huge range. Like it's yeah. 10, literally 10 to about about 30 ounces of fluid per hour. Okay. And it totally depends on the athlete, the, the size, the gender, the environment, the mode of activity. So it, it, there's yeah. a huge range. And, you know, and that's why I kind of did that experiment to see how much water I could fit in my mouth because it, it matters. It absolutely mm -hmm. matters. And it may yeah. change. Like, like I said, like when I run, I consume a lot less than when I bike. That range yeah. is pretty individual, but also one, I just wanted to touch on something you said too, Bob, like bike versus run or just the appreciation, like even for your one, your own self, it might be quite different based on weather conditions and intensity mm. that we're working, let alone the sport and just totally. like, yeah. Totally. Uh, so I feel like this is another like prompt for the ap appreciation for hydration, how important it is to get a handle on it, or at least exactly. have your eyes on it. Cause I yep. think it's, it's yep. such a game changer. It, it totally is. It really is. And then, so the last question that we kind of built into the listener, ask us anything questions. Cause these fit so well was, and it's not answering the question, should I, it, the question is, how do I know which electrolytes to use? So mm. be it product or maybe even just electrolytes themselves, right? So I don't want to really answer the question, should I use electrolytes? Because I think that's really a Pandora's box, right? Yeah. So let's just yeah. assume that you've made the decision to use electrolytes during mm -hmm. exercise or during trainer competition. Now we get to answer the question, well, how do I know which one to use, right? Because mm -hmm. I mean, look at the market. It's, I don't think as, as saturated as like the energy bar market right now, but it's getting yeah. pretty darn close. Like it's, it's when I, I feel like when it's tough for you and I, Dina, to keep 
on top of which electrolyte supplements are on the market, it's starting to get saturated, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because uh, we started like, yeah, yeah, we started way back in the days, literally with pickle juice. I mean, guys yeah. and gals, read the Gatorade story, right? I mean, this is yep. this is the whole Gatorade story, right? Uh, the whole pickle juice going into a salted beverage that tasted disgusting. So they put some sugar in it and, you know, Gatorade was born. But how do you, like, okay, so I'm going to pose this to you, Dean. An athlete says, how do I choose? Like, where do I start? Again, with the assumption that they're going to use one. They they haven't asked you, should I use one or not? They're saying, I'm using one, which one should I choose? Where do you start with that answer? I mean, it's almost like this, the fluid intake question where we could get quantitative and, and address mm-hmm. it that way, uh, or just talking more subjective perhaps. But I think under, before we get to all that is talking like, what are the electrolytes and the mm-hmm the ranking of priority mm-hmm. because I feel, and I see this continually, I'm guessing you do too, Bob, because it, it is a perpetual question, like uh, just confusion, like what are the electrolytes and the marketing right, on right. this bottle says, you know, it's in my water, like the propel kind of waters or the, yep. the vitamin waters, electrolyte waters, like it's all the same is what people think. Um, but I, I, I just want to say that's, this is where I would start like sodium. That's your biggie. That's the one that you lose mm-hmm. the most of in your sweat. So when we're starting to look at product formulations and choices, looking at the label to see for sure content of sodium per serving and kind of starting yeah. there, not to neglect the other electrolytes, but certainly that's the one that's like number one priority. Yeah. Well, because proportionally, that's the one, like you said, it's highest, that's the highest electrolyte found in sweat. So that's the one we want to have most in an electrolyte supplement. Yes. Do you tend to, to kind of start with some of that education as well, and then kind of go like from the quantitative angle for, uh, as your next kind of step in the process? Yeah. I kind of, I kind of start with the, okay, let's talk like I have my fab five, I call it for electrolytes, right? So we've got, obviously we've got sodium, we've got chloride. Those two together, by the way, is just regular salt and ACL. So we have sodium, we have chloride, calcium, magnesium, and potassium, right? So those are the tip. Those are like the fab five found in sweat. Sodium is by far the most important one, but Here's then I get into the the next like okay what is the like have you had sweat rate te- or sweat sodium concentration testing do we have any data to work with if we don't no big deal but you know I think we also need to remember where we started like not pre pickle juice but post pickle juice and post Gatorade is like uh, salt supplements started to hit the market right and I don't know what decade this was but you know they were actually very low in sodium. And then some really high sodium supplements came out, rocked yeah. everybody's world. And they're like, oh my God, those are going to kill us. What's what's yeah. wrong? You know. And so now we've got, we had this battle of super high sodium containing electrolytes to very low sodium. And then people are like, well, I don't know which one to choose. Right. Mm-hmm. So I kind of start on that one. And obviously our body needs sodium, but it needs it differently because obviously we're N of one and depends on all those factors that you listed before D with the whole fluid thing. Right. But I do, I, you know, I do want to make just apparent that I am a believer that a full spectrum of electrolytes are almost always necessary, right. Depending on the exercise, of course. So I'm not a big fan of just taking a salt shaker and just, you know, 
banging it down. Like I've got a few favorite electrolyte supplements that are full spectrum, if you will, right? It Same. has the fab, the fab five. Definitely. Yeah. I'm on board with that too. Uh, I mean, there you can know. be negatives too, depending on how much we're consuming. Like if you're just carrying your salt shaker in your uh, hydration pack, <laughs> right. just doing the licks of the salt. Oh, totally. Uh, table salt or whatever, even sea salt, right? That, that, I mean, there's a lot of issues with that, Yeah, but yeah. Uh, not ideal no. perhaps. And, and I mean, you can, you know, I think to that point, I want to hit on that too, because I hear that all the time. Well, I'll just, you know, I have salt in my cabinet. I'll just take that with me. I'm like, well, yeah, you can, but you're missing mm -hmm. the other three, right? Yeah. Cause you're only hitting NACL and you don't even know the amount cause you're not titrating it. So you have no idea, right? Yeah. Which is the next thing we should probably talk about. So yeah, number one is when you choose one, we're, we're going to recommend one that has the fab five, all those five, those five, um, electrolytes. Uh, and we can kind of talk about the balance if we want, but to that point, D, I mean, the range of sodium intake is so large because sweat sodium concentration varies so much, right? So in the testing that we've done with sweat sodium concentration with the wonderful uh, technology that Andy Blow has, I mean, yeah, we're I mean, I can't remember the range. Isn't it somewhere like with the athletes we've tested between like 300 milligrams to what, 2,200 milligrams maybe? That's about right. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think they've seen as low as about 200 milligrams of okay. sodium per liter of sweat. I think I've personally have tested maybe someone at 220 or 240 okay. or something. Nonetheless, like a tenfold variance between yeah. individuals. So um, where do you start? I mean, most people, yeah. okay, here's the thing. Let me just plug this testing really quick. Cause it's kind yeah. of like genomics. When we talk about nutrigenomics, it's a one and done test. Like yeah. you don't need to have, you just get it done once and you're good, right? You understand yeah. your body more. So if you have the ability to do that, do it, please. If you don't, now it's kind of an experimentation game, right? Mm -hmm. And I always, here's the thing, listeners, if you're going to say, okay, I can't have it done or whatever, I don't have the resource near me. I don't want to come visit you guys out in Colorado, although Colorado is pretty cool. So you yeah. should come visit us, right? Definitely. Um, where do you start? Mm -hmm. My my message is usually, we'll start lower, right? Because yeah. you know you you want to titrate and go higher, but you want to, but it, it may take a few months, right? Because you just, yeah. you don't know, you're kind of throwing the dart against the wall. Is that kind of where you start also, D? Definitely. Unless someone's reporting, uh, subjectively that, you know, mm. after a workout, so they know they're super sweaty and maybe they see a lot of the white salty residue on skin or their helmet straps or whatever their cycling kit, I might go a little bit higher. And also mm. if they've got maybe a history of some hydration issues, hydration related issues, I might bump it up from my more conservative approach but I think in general, for most people starting conservative, and we can talk numbers if we want, and then inch it up based on what yeah. the um, subjective report is back. Like, how'd you feel? How was thirst? Any digestive right. issues? Uh, Maybe even weighing them themselves before mm -hmm. and after just to kind of see. Yeah. I, I love, yeah. I just want to reiterate once more in case listeners kind of tuned out what you said it's very important, the subjective material or data that you provide either us or yourself, right? So if you're a cyclist, helmet strap, uh, you know, white stains, if you're a runner, hiker, through day pack, whatever it is, like, do you have white 
crusty stuff on your clothes, that's sodium, that's salt, right? Those are great questions to answer because it will increase your needs for sure, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Do you have, like, I've got a low range that I start with. What's your low range? Like not not having any of the subjective data. If they're going to just kind of yeah. back in the corner and say, okay, well, where should I start? And yeah. without knowing them at all, where do you start? Okay. So I would go first is like volume of fluid. So if we think mm-hmm. like 16 ounce or a half liter, 16, 17 ounces per that volume of fluid, I would say my low end range is 250 milligrams of sodium, mm-hmm. maybe upwards of 400, like for that lower, okay. yep, low-ish range. Yeah. How's it aligned with yours? Spot on. I mean, pretty, pretty spot on. I go 300 yeah. to 500. Okay. Yeah. 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 And for no other reason, just that we've, we've tested how many athletes that we've tested and that's yeah. about the low range that we've seen mm-hmm. to start out safely. Right. And obviously yeah. it can titrate up or, or really up or, you know, just kind of moderately higher than yep. that. But it's, so I think, you know, the, the real life here is okay. Start there. Like if you have the testing ability, please go get sweat sodium concentration testing done. If you yeah. don't start at that low range and like Dina said, like start, acknowledging all the the symptoms or what's going on, maybe take your body weight before and after, you know, start to just, even from a feeling perspective, like I know if I drink a lot of water, if I'm going out versus water and electrolytes, I feel so much better when I come home with electrolytes and water versus just water. Yeah. Also, Bob, I feel like there are some female athletes out there who are hesitant to go a little higher on the sodium for whatever reason. Why, why, Why is that? I don't know if it's just like, well, I'm a more petite person than my, mm. my training boys or whatever, my fellow training colleagues that are that yeah. are male athletes or like, um, maybe they, I don't know exactly, but yeah. there is that, that I have noticed in the female athletes that I have done some sweat testing on. And just recently, this was last week. Uh, a female athlete came in early fifties and we measured her sweat sodium and it was, it was high, um, in the around 1350 milligrams okay. of sodium per liter. So high, not extremely high, yeah. but not low. Yeah. Um, and she had been tinkering around with hydration for quite a while, like quite a few years and hadn't figured it out. Um, Partly like that seems really high to like take in a thousand milligrams of sodium, mm. right? Like the numbers kind of yep. get in our head. Anyway, we went for it, Bob, and pretty much doubled her intake wow. of sodium and paying attention to fluids. But right. like the very next day she tried this, she just went all in and tried <laughs> kind yep. of aggressive strategy. And she was like, I have, I can't even say what how to describe this feeling, but it is yeah. night and day. Isn't and it, it great when we like hear that? A light bulb, like it's okay. Oh. Once we have oh. testing data, right? It yes. can guide yes. that path yeah. more, more efficiently. Anyways, I just wanted to give a shout out for for all the female athletes well, out there. Some of us are saltier sweaters yeah. or heavier sweaters. And so we can, well, we may you are kind of salty D. You, I mean, you, you know I've that. heard that yeah. rumor, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to put you on the hot seat for in a second, but yeah. I, that's, I want to reiterate what you said, because it's kind of the life we leave to right or live a lot of athletes. And this is what you said. It, like it took her years. Like she's, she was trying this for years, right? Yeah. She comes in 
she pays a little bit for a sweat sodium concentration test. It's not yeah. going to break the bank. Listen, I mean, it's nothing close to what you guys are thinking. Um, I'm sure listeners, but she has the test done. The next day she implements what you said based on testing data. And all of a sudden she's like, oh, I am feeling fantastic. <laughs> but she spent years dibble dabbling with trying to figure it out. Like, yeah, just do the testing. Like, you know, I know. Just do it. <laughs> it's such a great resource for everyone yeah, that right? can do the testing. Totally. Yeah. Okay. Hot seat really quick. And, yes. then, and then we'll leave this topic. Is there a time, so we're going to talk females, we're going to talk menstrual oh, cycle. Yeah. So obviously like pre and maybe perimenopausal, right? Still have a menstrual cycle. Mm-hmm. Is there, because I know I get this a lot from female athletes. Is there a specific time in their cycle, luteal, follicular, ovulatory, whatever, that they need to focus more on electrolytes, less on electrolytes. Is there, or, or is it pretty straight across the board? What is your answer to that? I know. That? I mean, I think if you dig into the research, there's still a little bit of controversy in terms of like, in the end, if you add whatever, 200 extra milligrams of sodium, is it going to make that much difference in terms of performance, mm. like get you to the finish or the goal or whatever quicker. Um, get you home. Yeah. Get you home. Yeah, exactly. So I think a little controversy in the performance realm, but but I think though for menstruating individuals uh in the luteal phase, because plasma volume does decrease in that later luteal phase, um, there is some indication to, to say like bumping up your sodium, bumping up your fluid intake, especially around workouts, but maybe even in your everyday can just help you feel a little bit better and balance Mm -hmm. the fluids a little more efficiently. Some women or females notice that others have no sense like, Oh yeah, I don't notice anything, but I think this can come in like into that end of one. Yeah. It still comes down to the end of one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Anything different for the post-menopausal female? You know, I think this does relate more to that aspect of like um, the sweat response uh, due to changes in blood vessel integrity and blood pressure, uh, the thirst sensation we were talking about Mm -hmm. earlier. So I think Mm -hmm. that might be an across the board, like there's no time in your post-menopause life where it's going to be dramatically different, but just like if you're active, athletic, paying attention to that around your exercise and and workouts and everything, but the day-to-day comes into the play, into play um, so much more, I think. Okay. So Okay. Good. Perfect. Well, do we have anything else to say? Oh, here's what I want to say about the electrolytes. Cause the main question was, you know, how do I choose electrolytes? Well, we talked about, I think the how, I don't, I don't think we really yeah. need to mention any products because here's the thing. Now that you know the how, now you can go look at these different electrolyte products, be it in an effervescent tablet or a powder yeah. or a pill. And now you have the knowledge to start looking at ingredients mm-hmm. and maybe even quantities of the Fab Five electrolytes, right? We didn't yeah. talk about that in detail, but sodium mostly. So now I think, you know, listeners, you're a little bit more educated because I, I think it's I think it's wrong for us to say, oh, this this electrolyte, whatever is the best. I, I just I think that's wrong because we're all different, right? And we have to choose mm-hmm. the one that meets our needs. Mm-hmm. 
I do have a question real quick, Bob, because you yeah. were, you played a role in developing a hydration product. I don't know if you want to I talk did, about didn't it. I did, didn't I? Yeah. But with the You Can Company, the Hydrate Formula. Yeah. So the Fab Five that is in, are in that product, um, the ratios of those, can you talk briefly about, about that? Yeah. So it was important when you can't ask me this, this was years ago to kind of help create this. And I was like, oh my gosh, finally. Right. And yeah. and I, I'm going to go back historically. I don't know. I'm trying to think, I don't know if any product really did that in detail. I think actually, I think one day, I think salt stick did, but it was a capsule form. Right. Okay. And, and great guy, like Jonathan, great guy, salt stick, yeah. fantastic. Right. Um, but I didn't, I don't think, I think a lot of the the supplements on the market were just focusing on sodium or potassium or whatever. Mm -hmm. And when they asked me that and I'm like, well, yeah, you, you put these five in there and they're like, what? I'm like, why wouldn't you? I mean, that's yeah. that, like, we know the composition of sweat. So what I tried to do is I tried to match and, and this is the hard part with sodium, right? You cannot match that, but we did kind of push those I wanted to get to my lower limit, which is that 300 milligrams. Yeah. And then I wanted to match closely, not a hundred percent, but fairly close with the other uh, electrolytes. So magnesium, potassium, and calcium. I wanted to be pretty close to what was found in sweat because I know how athletes eat also, right? Mm. And usually they were a little deficient in things. So the way that really came about was trying to meet the needs of actually having an electrolyte supplement that matched the as close as possible, the physiology of sweat. But, you know, when they asked me that, I'm like, well, I don't want to put too much sodium because, you know, yeah. for risk of, you know, yeah. health reasons. And I don't want too little because then you're going to have to double it or triple it or whatever. And that's going right. to create an imbalance of the other one. So I felt like, I, you know, I got really close to where I wanted it to be, especially with the sodium. And the other ones are, I think, spot on in terms of what they yeah. need to be to provide you. So, I mean, honestly, that's, that's, the the powerhouse one. I mean, yeah, I wasn't going to mention any product, but um, that's the only one I use to be honest with you. Yeah. It's a great yeah, formulation. Yeah. Tastes yeah. good. I think it helps. Well, and then we can figure out how to wrap this up, but just by yeah. the comment too, that when we use an electrolyte product, whether or not we're making it our own or trying to ha hack it in the kitchen or a product like the, you can hydrate, um, it can help us stay hydrated or get hydrated or rehydrate. Uh, and so finding the mixture or the right product mm -hmm. flavor, et cetera, can, can really be the impetus to like stay on top of it and, and just honoring the plan. So I think totally. it's one thing to know it, but when you have flavors and products and options available, yes. so much easier. Well, and I feel good about, and that's another thing kind of back on this. Like, I feel good about what they put, they, you know, the final production of ingredients, what they put in there. Cause some of these products are putting stuff like ingredients that I would never put in my body at all. Yeah. Right. So yeah. that was another thing. Like I'm, I, you know, like you need to put stuff in there that I feel comfortable with putting in my body, but also like my kids. Right. Cause here's mm -hmm. another thing. A lot of athletes will use electrolyte powders or products or whatever during the day, in addition to training, right. Because yeah. it's helping us consume water. So 
I love water. Don't get me wrong, but I don't like drinking water all the time. Right. right so I like right. to mix it up a little bit. And that's where I think a really solid electrolyte concoction product can come in handy and not one that just focuses on sodium or not just a coconut water that has a lot of potassium and not a lot of sodium. So yeah. I think that's what we're trying to look for is a little bit more of that physiological balance, which honestly, I only think there's a couple of them on the market that do that D. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. 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 So yeah. very think, special. Yeah, it is special, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh, oh, that was fantastic. I, I have so, my um look, I know this won't won't come across for the listeners, but I'm just showing Bob my little hydration canister here that <laughs> this is the product we were just talking about. Dina is showing me Anyways. her her canister of you can hydrate. It's one of my favorite flavors, by the way. Watermelon. I love, watermelon? love watermelon. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, I, delish. yeah. It's it is delish for sure. Um, and super easy. Like sometimes I'll even titrate it based on what I'm doing. Like I'll do a yeah. half a scoop if it's just during the day. Yeah. And sometimes I actually do because because again, I'm sorry, you got me on the soapbox, but like if I'm out there and it's hot and I'm out there for a little bit longer than a couple hours or something, I'm actually gonna double my dose. So I'm gonna do two mm -hmm. scoops per serving because yeah. I know because I trust. Well, because I kind of made up these ingredients or the quantities, but I'm like, oh yeah, I can double this easily. And it's fine. Like it's safe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. It hydrates like well. Do that. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, D, hopefully this um, hydration focus was super helpful for our listeners. I'm pretty sure it's going to be. Oh, so important listeners. Send us your yeah. follow on thoughts, questions, concerns related to hydration. I know we've had somewhat of a series here with Colette from Scratch Labs and Andy from Precision Fuel and Hydration. This discussion today, Bob, with you has been super helpful, but it's such a vast topic and particularly fascinating, I think, for some to to start diving into this for themselves and how that can help how they feel every day, how we train and practice and compete, uh, just how we think even productivity-wise. So props to the yeah, hydration, Bob. Definitely. I mean, I think you know, ending message is prioritize hydration. Don't let it be the bottom feeder anymore. Don't let it be the afterthought like, oh, you know, I forgot about this yeah. and, forgot, you know, just like put it up on the priority list because it really does impact so many systems in the yeah. body. It's yeah. really not even funny. Yeah. On that note, Bob, I'm going to go refill my bottle and add a scoop of my hydrate and, you know, rock the rest of the day. Rock it, girl. Love it. And <laughs> listeners, you, you rock the rest of your day also. We yes. so appreciate you uh, being with us. Dee, why don't you lead us out? So everybody, thank you again for being here. And Bob, you know what? You, you Eat need to, to train? Yes. Nourish to thrive. Oh, love it. We hope you enjoyed this Ask Us Anything episode. If you thought of a question along the way, don't forget that you can drop us a note over at hello at insidesportsnutrition.com. Anything hydration, electrolyte, sports nutrition related, drop us a note. We want to hear from you. Stay tuned for next week's episode. We have an awesome interview with Shannon O'Grady from the Gnarly Nutrition Company. We get to hear about her background in the supplement world or supplement industry, all of the cool things that she's doing with Gnarly Nutrition, and also talk about nutrition for climbers. So it's a really fantastic interview. We hope you will catch us for that episode coming up next week. 
We'd love your support in promoting this podcast. So if you could head over to Spotify or Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating. Let us know that the information that you're getting through the podcast episodes are useful to you in your quest for improving health, performance, maybe just getting some entertainment along the way. The five-star rating does help us grow. We greatly appreciate it, and it also helps us share our content with other listeners like yourself around the world. If you're needing or wanting more info on nutrition coaching, physiological testing, other kinds of diagnostic testing, you can reach out to either Bob or myself to learn more about our services. Reach out to Bob over at energyperformance.com, E-N-R-G-performance.com, or myself, Dina, over at nutritionmechanic.com. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely those of the hosts and the guests involved and do not represent a replacement for medical consultation with your doctor. The information and opinions provided here are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease or medical condition. This podcast is for information, education, and entertainment purposes only. 